Welcome back to Mon Men. I am Yonato Baloo, here once again with Michael Darling. And if you hear Baloo singing uh, Spanish Flea, it's because it's been on his mind for the entire day. Yeah, among other things, including Parasite and whatnot, we're recording this the day after the Oscars, folks, so we may have some hot Oscar takes for you. But before we get to those, we're joined this week by... Jeremy Wajahoski. He is a talented artist, and we're glad he's here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, Jeremy, first question we always like to start off with is, what is your background with Pokemon? Uh, well, I started with blue uh, and a clear purple Game Boy Color. Ooh, yeah. classic one. Yep, that was my first uh, Game Boy slash system that I ever had. So. I miss the clear console aesthetic. Yeah? That was like one of the few design things from the 90s I'd want to bring back. Yeah, they did them with Nintendo 64, too. Yeah. To just stay on brand with the clear mm -hmm. Nintendo. Yeah. Game Boy Advance, too. Like the yeah. X-Ray, I think is what mm -hmm. they would call it. Yeah. there were. I mean, I always remember the, uh, the classic thing in the 90s was having your own telephone, and every cool teenager had the clear telephone. Oh, yeah. They had a clear yeah. green one, yeah. <clears throat> yep. My cousin had one of those, and I just thought it was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm surprised they haven't done that for the Switch. Like, that seems like a thing that would sell hotcakes. Just get your clear Joy-Cons. Oh, touche. Yeah. yeah. It'll probably be coming sometime soon. Right. Maybe. Um, that actually just reminded me of a really weird news story from last year. Did you guys hear about the Garfield phones that were washing up on a French beach? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. no one knew where they were coming from, but something like a few hundred untouched, unopened Garfield phones had opened. And the weird thing is, is that they hadn't been made since the 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so. I think it was like a shipwreck had kind of started washing to shore finally from ages ago. Some cargo. Yeah. Well, it's like... Uh, finally rusted open. <laughs> like the mask. Yeah. Like the chest opens up and the mask floats but out. But it's a Garfield phone. Yeah, it's just Garfield phones. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's like up in the Pacific Northwest. I'm thinking in Washington. I can't remember where exactly. Uh, there's a tendency to just discover human feet in shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah, yeah on yeah. the beach uh, every so often. The tsunamis. Yeah. Any of the tsunamis on the other side of the ocean mm. will bring feet to our shores. Yeah. Yeah. From like drowning victims. And, yeah. Yeah. Never matching feet, though. I've read in the story, <laughs> which is the weird part about it. It's never matching feet, and they're almost all still wearing shoes. Too. Oh well, that's why it, they're able to survive is that they're still wearing the shoes. Like yeah. they mm -hmm. kind of break off from the rest of the body, and the shoe is still in enough shape that it's able to just float off yes yeah, so you know when you're about to drown just tie your shoes together and that way they'll find both of your feet <laughs> we here on the mon men podcast do not endorse going swimming in the ocean in your shoes yeah. <laughs> i have an easier mystery to solve than missing feet and well i wanted to know more phones. sorry we got uh, yeah, delayed <laughs> you started with blue so yeah i yeah. started with blue um uh that was really I played some later games, but I watched the show growing up. Um, I played Blue, you know, traded with my friends. And then um, I realized that I could sculpt um, the f characters from 151. Nice. Um, so I started doing that with, with clay. Or? With clay, with uh, modeling clay. So they're. Maybe a little sad looking in a box somewhere at home <laughs> because modeling clay doesn't uh, harden because <laughs> you're supposed to like animate with it or use huh. it temporarily. Oh, okay. Um, it doesn't but, hold up like a shoe in the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Like feet and <laughs> shoes. No, it's they might have been squashed by each other. But I figured out I could I could do a pretty good replication of them 
which like led me to do more sculpting and to what I do now. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. yeah there's a, that reminds me of a very interesting, I don't know if you've ever seen this series of uh, comic strips done by this guy. I forget his name, but the website is called Zen pencils and he adapts speeches from other artists and like notable people. And one of them is Ira glass talking about how, when you start out making art, mm-hmm. You know, you have your taste is always good growing right. up. Like even when you're a little kid, you have good taste, but your art has to catch up to it. So first, you're going to start by imitating, and you should. You absolutely, he says, you absolutely should start by imitating, and mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to meet the standards of the thing you're imitating. But if you keep at it and push through, yeah. Um, so that just made me think of that. I'll link to the uh, comic strip in the show notes. It's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one he did off of Bill Watterson's commencement speech, I think, at uh, Emory University, but. Um, but on to a little bit more of a lighthearted matter. Yeah. Uh, can I tempt you into a game of Mon Mom to start us off this <laughs> <Sure>. week? Sure. <laughs> tempt? Right. Well, you know, I, uh, I like to think of myself as the John Milton between Michael Darling's battle for victory and, uh, you know, our guest coming in to try to confuse or take a point away from him for the week. Um, it's like the good place. You're gathering your points towards qualifying <laughs> for the good place, Michael. Um, so... Th- so this week, we are going through the Natu line, the Marip family, Woo! and the Addendum Blossom, and Meryl and Azumarill. Um, so my mom has been shown a picture of one of these Pokemon from this week. She has described it and given it a name, and it'll be up to you gentlemen to decide which one she's talking about. Here we go. This Pokemon looks like a flying kangaroo. I will name it Torjin. So we have a flying kangaroo named Torgen. Torgen. Huh. So, Michael, we since the guests have yet to get on the board this season, we're going to ask you to lead so that Jeremy has the option to play defensively. Okay. Potentially. Yeah, Torgen sounds almost Norse, but I also feel like the names never mean anything for the actual monster. Uh, in terms of things that look like kangaroos, I don't know about flying, but I'm leaning towards Ampharos. It's the most kangaroo-y of all of the monsters, in my opinion. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of as well, because the Azermeral looks like a bunny, like a blue bunny, yeah. and the other one looks like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a flying kangaroo, yeah, it's probably... Probably the the uh, that one that you mentioned. So we've got matching guesses for Ampharos this yeah. week. Yeah. Well, both of you guys are getting the point. Woo! All right. Scoreboard moves. Distance stays the same. It's <laughs> three to one. But uh, yes, my mother was talking about Ampharos, which is a uh, which this week again. I'm not full of hatred this week because <laughs> I love that family and a lot of these lines today. But yeah, you're not punching babies like you were two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, I could. I could very much try to talk about playing soccer with Natu or something like that, but... It is very round. Yeah, but uh, let's start off with uh, the little psychic flying boys. (laughs) Yeah, Natu. uh, As Baloo said, they're psychic flying boys. Which I believe is the first time we've seen that typing combination. Yeah, we're going to see it a few times in the future, but first time ever right now. This is a combo debut. You know, speaking of a combo debut, when I uh, reached out to Jeremy for scheduling the podcast he mentioned that he has a very unique eevee lucian that he wanted to talk mm-hmm. about so tell us about it let's start off there first of okay all. We'll get back so, to the idea or? yeah huh. so 
I was reading before that there isn't one in the new games. There is not a new evolution in the new games yeah. that are out now. Um, and a lot of people were upset by that. Mm -hmm. And they were musing on like what they could be doing because it's never any sort of physical type. It's not like rock or steel or anything like that. It's yeah. usually like an energy or elemental base. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because so, it's in like yeah. the elemental ones of fire, electric, water, right. ice, grass, ice, and then leaf. and then more and the, the like, energy types like yeah, dark and, then, well, and light, the more fairy, mental, spiritual, if you psychic, will. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, psychic, dark, fairy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They haven't done a light one, obviously. Uh, and, but I was thinking, what if there was a poison one? Hmm. Hmm. But what if there was also a ghost one in oh. the same game? Huh. Because you feed your Eevee a poison mushroom. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's good. And it either absorbs the poison mushroom and becomes a poison type. Or it dies and becomes a ghost type. <laughs> so it would be randomized. Yeah. Oh, I like that mechanic. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I um. So I actually have mused over <laughs> the ghost type evolution. Yeah. Um, what would you name your ghost Eevee? I just mm -hmm. want to see if we're on the same mental path here, because I think I've shared the name before that I'd want it to be. Well, they're all a sort of on. Yeah. Yeah. So it is following um, the name, the name tradition. Yeah. Well, it's all. I think it's all. Eon, isn't it? Yeah, they're all yeah. like Vaporeon, Jolteon, Umbreon, Espeon, yeah. Sylveon, yeah. 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 Um, off the top of my head, maybe like an Eerion? Ooh, that's good. See, uh, I went yeah. for Spectreon. Ah, Spectreon, so you have the word Spectre yeah. in there, but even if you're not pronouncing it. Yeah. The one I was thinking of was like Ectoeon, and that just doesn't <laughs> ring off the tongue at all. Ectoplasmion. <laughs> <laughs> that's too many characters, but Spectreon um, is perfect, I think. Yeah, Spectreon. But also, what about the uh, so what about the poison, the poison Eevee? type? Um, Polutheon. Yeah, right. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I like. Toxion? Probably want to like what? Toxion maybe. To Ooh, that's a uh -huh. good one. Yeah. I feel like there are too many poison types with tox in it, but I like uh, where yeah. it heads at. I was yeah. trying to think of like what's some sort of because they like to play with um different languages when they do it too. Mm -hmm. So like, what's like a Latin for poison? <laughs> Or uh, Spanish, because they like they like to mix. Mm. Listeners, add us on Twitter with your ideas for what a poison <laughs> Eevee should yeah. be, because I'm drawing a blank. Like I I'm, I'm keep going back to the word venom. Yeah. I'm going to like venomion or something like that. Yeah. It yeah. feels way too long and cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like sting, but that's doesn't stingion just sounds weird. Yeah. There's a very specific rhythm to coming yeah. up with a evolution name. Yeah. I um I went O for five or six on the predictions mm -hmm. I had for the Sword and Shield generation. Like I wanted there to be a dragon EV okay. finally. Oh okay. Mm. And I was thinking like Drakeon yeah, would have been perfect. Oh, that, that would still work. Yeah. But yeah, we were not graced with a new Eevee for the Galar region, unfortunately. Yeah. First time an even numbered game hasn't had a new evolution. Yeah. Is that usually what it is? It's on the. Yeah. Because right, Gen 2, they've got two. Gen 4, they've got two. Gen mm. 6, they have one. Gen okay. 8, nothing. And you'll oh, like weird. it. Yeah. I mean, and also speaking to your theory about the light, I've been waiting for them to create a light type yeah. for a while. And I figured that would be the perfect time to premiere a new Eevee. Yeah, there's is um, a light type Eevee with the new light type. Uh, I feel like Fairy might be the quote-unquote light type. Because, like, yeah. Dark 
in Japanese, they're it literally, um, it's literally evil type. Mm. So, I looked up um, the light types ahead of time to see if they're like what what the deal with that was, and they they have um, those like online games, uh, those online Pokemon games that people make. They uh, someone has already made a couple of like hmm. light types, and they've retroactively classified some characters as light types, hmm. like. Um, uh, Marie, they oh, included that one as huh. a light type. Interesting. Um, light slash electricity. Hmm. Uh, but they oh, yeah. added a light type Eevee. They called it Radeon. Ooh. Yeah, I, um, I'm familiar with some fan types. I brought it up on the podcast like in the early, early dark days when mm-hmm. we just started out the uh, the Pokemon <laughs> Uranium. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Days, where they created radioactive type, right. which I thought was interesting. Um, but bring us back to the Pokemon that we started discussing before I took us down this right. digressive path. Um, you know, it's interesting to me that in Natu and Zatu, we're seeing sort of the early DNA of these regional variants mm-hmm. or the concept of it at play, which is that well, this is non-Japanese like influence, influence in general. Yeah. So right now we're seeing Pokemon that are confined still to like the Japanese inspired area of Johto, but they're clearly in the lore, clearly in the design. It's mm-hmm. a South American influence. So you kind of yeah. wonder if they hadn't already been toying with the idea of like regional specific variations of mm-hmm. Pokemon and, you know, something that they revisited later four generations, six generations right. later in Alola with, oh, maybe there are regional variants. Yeah. Not I just people. Yeah. They kind of did, they kind of did something that with Go by making the different parts of the world only have specific uh, Pokemon. I really hate that. And and yeah, I know. There are too many of those. Because <laughs> I would love a Mr. Mime, but I'm not about mm-hmm. to go to Europe to get one. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, now that you can trade, though. So yeah. But send still, someone like, else to go get it. You yeah. have to find someone who's been um, in the region. And But yeah. the, the, the fact that the Tauros was the American one seemed very fitting, like a buffalo. Oh, yeah. Um, like the the, yeah, four, seems regionally influenced. The four original regional Pokemon they didn't go make total sense because it's like Farfetch'd is in Japan. Sorry, Duck with Stick. Uh, is in Japan where it's uh, based on a Japanese proverb. Uh, Kangaskhan is in Australia because kangaroo. Uh, Mr. Mime is in Europe because mimes, I guess. Mimes, yeah, I yeah. guess. France, mimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm thinking of stories of creepy clowns, I'm thinking of Europe. Yeah. Or Maine. <laughs> or Maine, yeah. That's uh, that's another yeah. evolution. Because <laughs> they added the mime junior, but not uh, in uh, in one of those. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, there's a well, there's the new one because there's the Galarian Mr. Mime that is ice and psychic, and that evolves into a Charlie Chaplin like Mr. Rhyme, which is also ice and psychic and just ridiculous looking in the best way. When I showed Baloo Mr. Rhyme for the first time, he was so excited about it. <laughs> oh yeah. I get yeah. very excited about a lot of these. It's very... I feel like there's no real consistency for what gets me excited versus what sets me off in a fit <laughs> of rage. But I know what I like, and I like what I know. It's the Potter Stewart defense. <laughs> if uh, if you like Mr. Mime, um, uh, I was going to mention it earlier, but this brings us back is the... Uh, some of my later Pokemon sculptures um, aren't made out of dis- easily destroyable clay. Um, I have, I think... A few of them posted on my website. Um, I don't know if the Mr. Mime is on there, though, but I have my, like, first... He's one of my first, like, hard-sculpted Pokemon that 
is still unfinished because hmm. when I started making him, I didn't know how I, to do the technical um, thing I wanted to do with his hands, where they would be real hands with like a clear uh, energy oh, cast around them. Cool. And I didn't oh, wow. know how to do molding and casting then. But I do now. I've just never finished him. <laughs> um, but there's a Mr. Mime. Um, I also have a Wigglytuff, a Drifloon. Um, I think those are the only three that I've hard sculpted. Nice. Hmm. But That's you can fun. view those. I will link to that in the show notes, yeah. folks. Go check it out. Um, are you still doing these, or um, is this something I, those? You're... So the Mr. Mime was the the one I did for myself. Mm -hmm. The Wigglytuff I did for um, a friend of mine, and then um, the Drifloon was a uh, commission. So this begs the question: Is yeah. Wigglytuff your friend's favorite Pokemon? Is it a beloved Pokemon of your friend? I feel like it is. Um, I, I don't. They also hadn't had. Let me see when the, this event. So like ten. 2010-ish. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure how many games were out by then, hmm. but I feel like she still really liked Wiggly mm -hmm. Tough. Okay. Because she mentioned it specifically. It was like an inside uh, thing where it had come up. Because she was also super into Pokemon as well. Yeah, I mean, Wiggly Tough has some interesting lore. We discussed it on uh, last season of the podcast. Um, but... I've just never been. I, we're going to talk about this with yeah. Azumarill. I'm just not a fan of like fairy, the fairy evolution mm -hmm. kind of design template. But we'll get to that in a minute. There's some interesting lore attached with these psychic birds. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah. You said about South America. South America. Uh, like Zatu. Yeah. South America. Yeah. In the silver Pokedex entry for Zatu, they straight up mention uh, that it's found in South America, and that's another one of those weird instances where they mention real world places or events mm -hmm. in the game. But those don't exist right like they don't have real world countries in yeah oh well, that's the thing like, or or do they technically have these names they just only refer to them as regions <laughs> it's like uh... everyone in the world who's not doing pokemon like call it england and south america <laughs> and whatever but it's some jk rowling harry potter yeah. shit yeah. where exactly. only three yeah. countries in the world do magic and the rest of it just fuck all yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like the idea there's, I don't yeah. think this is what you meant, but I like the idea of, like, if you're a Pokemon trainer, you call England, oh, I'm in the gallery. No, yeah, that's and exactly, meanwhile, yeah. everyone else in England was like, the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> there's a part of me, I always love the idea that, like, every anime, there's an anime shared universe. Right. <laughs> and so all of these anime are happen happening at the same time. Like, while Ash is journeying through the Orange Islands, Yu-Gi-Oh! is battling Seto Kaiba <laughs> in, like, the streets of Japan and as well. Luffy's just screwing up the oceans somewhere yeah. on his ship. And then you've got these two teenage star-crossed lovers that are switching bodies between yeah. two Tokyo cities. Like, every anime takes place in the same anime same cinematic world. universe. <laughs> And yes, and Goku is fighting Vegeta somewhere right, out in the yeah. wilderness as well. For the thousandth time. <laughs> it is Earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, because the moon landing happened in Pokemon. Yeah. Which... Are, you, are you trying to tell me that Capsule Corp doesn't make the Pokeballs? Like... <laughs> oh my god, yeah. See, there you go. That's just even more right. fodder for it. <laughs> I think um, one of the best Tumblr posts I saw from back in the day was this guy who made a joke of like, imagine an anime, but like the whole series is about this girl who's trying to avoid being the main character in an anime. <laughs> Like, new transfer student gets sat next to her. She switches seats. <laughs> uh, 
I wonder oh, I wonder where you read that because I may have posted that online at some point. Oh my god, this was meant to be. I had a uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to do um uh, obviously started off as a manga and then turn it into an anime where yeah, it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. The person's constantly trying like it's like a group at mm-hmm. the school. And they've decided that they want to graduate. They want real jobs. They want to like <laughs> have a life and do these things. But just around them, their classmates keep dropping like flies, getting <laughs> getting sent to other worlds to mm-hmm. stop demon lords or like finding magical talismans. <laughs> I um, I love the fact that anime has like progressed. And I mean, it's always been a very like forward-thinking, self-aware medium for the mm-hmm. most part. But like recently, there've been some of the best anime that have come out in the past few years have yeah. been very aware of right. the tropes of the medium. Yeah. So One Punch Man and uh, I always pronounce the name like that, and Food Wars in particular. I'm thinking it's his of. last name. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> he's One Punch Man. He's One Punch Man. <laughs> of the of the Brooklyn One Punch Mans. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I say that's how I pronounce every single superhero name yeah. with man in it, <laughs> just because like, hey, let's uh, let's degender it and just make it a family name. Megaman, Spiderman, <laughs> Harold Spiderman. <laughs> He's a good Brooklyn boy. Loves, still lives with his aunt. The, uh, I've well, I mean, that's why up. Peter B. Parker is Jewish in Spider Verse <laughs> because one of the co-directors, I think, is Jewish, and was like, well, we could make that explicit. Maybe he's just Spider-Man. Did they do that in, uh, in Spider-Verse? Yeah, we see uh, him and Mary Jane at their wedding. He breaks the glass. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's such Funny. a small detail. Oh, yeah. I'm impressed you caught that. Um, Which is interesting because uh, Peter Parker of uh, Miles' universe is Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember there, I read an article discussing like the religious beliefs of different Marvel characters because Marvel is that kind of universe where this has at some point been touched on or at least yeah. like hinted at so like peter parker if i remember correctly of all things is supposed to be like lapsed lutheran like he's not actively <laughs> pass like practicing weird it's kind of odd because like unless you're just a lay like an every person like a lay person in the world mm-hmm. just a, a civilian um you know the truth <laughs> <laughs> you which is that like there are celestials and mm. like beings from previous universes Mm -hmm. but there's also the devil like there's also mephisto peter parker has explicitly (laughs) met the devil on multiple occasions multiple occasions they do do explain in they do explain though that like in if you ever read the earth x series oh yeah which goes all the way up to to universe x and paradise x um where literally the universe has reached its end and it's all just coming apart um, everybody's old. Spider-Man is fat and old, and he's mm-hmm. a cop uh, in New York. And um, his daughter is actually Venom. Hmm. Um, but oh, wow. Venom's like okay with it now. He like got over it. <laughs> he got he over was it. annoyed that he got rejected, but like you know, give him a few de- decades, and he he got over it. Hmm. I feel like they are. So if I remember correctly, I saw some advertising for an upcoming like reboot of the Spider-Man series. Mm-hmm. And I think they are going to have it where the symbiote, I don't know who the symbiote's attached to anymore. Yeah. Cause it was attached to uh, flash Thompson for a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. I, think yeah. He might I was just reading um, the, the superior carnage where yeah. uh, he does get it back. Uh, Eddie Brock gets it back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause Eddie Brock was dying of cancer for a while. Yeah. So that's why the symbiote had abandoned him because mm-hmm. even it's healing powers couldn't overcome mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think the symbiote, at least at this point in the story, has kind of gotten over the Spider-Man thing. So interesting yeah. that that does end up being reflected. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, but like, so in that series, they d- 
discussed that um, these god types mm-hmm. like don't really have their own form until people give them a form. Hmm. So like the devil didn't. Like- yeah, oh. like Thor, okay. yeah, so the Thor, um, yeah. Odin, like all of those. They were just these like shapeless huh. god beings that came that were on Earth, but they didn't have a form until people gave them one. Like, so that's why the devil like looks like that hmm. because they wanted to be punished for what they were doing. <laughs> I've they seen that trope somewhere these. else. I like yeah. the idea of they like, influenced the, them. Yeah, the yeah. mythological characters didn't exist, but they became real because of belief yeah i mean this is the second episode in a row i'm going to reference neil gaiman's yeah, sandman sandman series. yeah yeah well i was thinking well so in sandman oh, it's yeah? specifically that like your faith keeps these forms of the gods alive. oh yeah and so like there is like the cat god uh nefertiti mm-hmm. who in the story like in the dream world when she gets summoned to the dream world like she looks like her resplendent godlike mm-hmm. self but in reality, because so few people and so few right. living creatures are worshiping anymore, she's completely decrepit and like huh. fading from existence. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but there is that whole thing that like a person's belief and people's belief give the world form and give these supernatural beings form. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the idea of the devil in Sandman is interesting because Lucifer. Well, that's at like one point, the DC Lucifer. Yeah, like, Lucifer yeah. just straight yeah. up gives up being yeah, Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, yeah, it's the same one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is very much used in the TV show Lucifer and goes to open a club in L.A. Yeah. Because yeah. he's just like, you know what? I didn't ask to be this thing. I just wanted to get away from God, and <laughs> you all came down here. They in the, in the Crisis uh, miniseries that they just did mm-hmm. um, yeah, over the, the holidays. They established yeah. that it is DC Lucifer within the collective yeah. Albeit uh, on Earth six six six, yeah, so. yeah, because didn't yeah. they have the guy who plays Lucifer yeah. from? It was yeah. Lucifer. Oh, they had him, Constantine. Yeah, they had him yeah. drop in. Uh, Constantine like d- goes with uh, somebody to that universe to pop in and ask him a question. Yeah. Well, to get a favor from the devil, yeah. basically, so they can get a soul from yeah purgatory. Yeah, yeah. I really hope he was playing the piano in the scene. I'm gonna have to look it up. He just answers the door, basically. Oh, that's but, too bad. Well, but yeah, he, it was like a one-day filming cameo. But you know, like yeah. they, he was clearly at a club with people yeah. that were in his mm-hmm. thrall. So yeah, there was the implication that he and Constantine were lovers at one point, which oh. I'm always in favor of. Which yeah, that yeah. that totally scans for me. Yeah, but, and you uh, know what else is a supernatural being? Mm. Natu and Zatu. <laughs> so where do you come down on the design for these guys? So we have a very interesting design in like a very tiny sort of kiwi bird with like an Aztec sort of yeah. like. You well, know. I'd say more Mayan. Uh, I also picked up a little bit of the Hopi uh, Kachina doll mm-hmm. influence. Like that was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw these back in two thousand. Um, yeah, uh, I've always seen them as like they look like they could be carved out of wood. Yeah, yeah. And they also feel like the weird kind of creatures that, like, I know we're talking about two-dimensional designs, but I feel like for most of these creatures, we've what we debate a lot with these creatures is their texture. But these guys look explicitly two-dimensional. Like, I don't know, like what it is about the design, but I cannot picture them occupying three-dimensional space, which Even is very Even the round weird. one? Yeah. Well, yeah. I can because of later games and all that where the graphics were better, but... I can understand what you're saying about them looking... They look like they should be painted on the wall. So yeah, like there there's was something a, about them that just look hieroglyphic. Uh, yeah, 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 well, yeah. early Zatu Pokemon card was literally a cave... Well, not a cave painting, sorry. Like, like, a, like a wall relief. painting, relief kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. of Zatu. And it was explicitly not the Pokemon, but it was a Pokemon painted on a wall, which I think was great card. That's cool. 
And so with the Zantu design, the other thing I have is that I do think that it's an interesting evolutionary step that like it gets this kind of poncho look mm -hmm. about it, but mm. it does have large wings, yeah? Yeah, well, like the poncho bit kind of unfolds into the wings. Okay. So oh, okay. like what looks like a poncho is basically it folding its wings in on itself. Which I think is a cool design. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of wings, I love that Natu is a flying type that cannot actually fly. <laughs> it can't learn the move fly, and in all the Pokedexes, it's saying, yeah, its wings are too small to fly. So you get half the benefit of the type, which is immunity to ground type moves, but you yeah. don't get any of the flying perks. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, any bird, you mm -hmm. know, is yeah. technically a flying type until yeah. it can fly. So I guess it has to evolve in order to... Yeah. I can, mean, it, but can it learn fly once it evolves? I think Zatu can. Okay. Because Zatu, like, most of its animations now wings. are it's in, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, wings spread, floating in air. But the weird thing about that to me is that the implication of flying's immunity to ground is that this bird is flying <laughs> yeah, exactly. off the ground so that when the <laughs> yeah. ground shakes, it's just like, wow, that looks pretty rough. He can just like, <laughs> he can just like flap just enough to just clear, yeah. clear yeah. like an inch. <laughs> he's just doing, he's just, I'm picturing like Natu doing the little Yoshi like, <laughs> yeah. oh God, that's good. Yeah. That's what he's doing to avoid the ground pound. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so we're back to another bird, just like Hoot Hoot last episode. I think this bird has some pretty interesting lore attached to it. I like the fact that this psychic bird has like past and future seeing powers, and I do like that they play with different elements of what psychic means throughout the lore, at least up till now. So we've had like a dream focused psychic in Drowsy mm. and Hypno, we've had a telekinetic focused psychic in like the Abra line, and now we have this. We've got Soothsayer. A, I was also going to say, like, a hive mind with the execute. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Or even, like, it's a weird creature that can put up myth uh, like mystic barriers with Mr. Mm -hmm. Mime. Yeah, so it is very interesting to me that, like, so far with the psychic types, I feel like the psychic types are where they really flex a certain amount of, like, creativity. Yeah. I feel like psychic would be better as just magic type mm -hmm. because that has a bigger cover for all of the weird things that these, quote-unquote, psychics can do. Yeah. I mean, Did I think psychic ever... is just a good, convenient word for it. Yeah, it's and cooler it's than magic more type science, for sure. Yeah, rather yeah. than just <laughs> deciding that magic exists now in Pokemon. Yeah, because yeah, technically exists, everything so yeah. is magic. Like yeah. I can create fire. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, but like psychic implies like a certain amount of mentalism. So whether yeah. that is illusionary or tied to your dreams and your subconscious mind or using your mind to exert physical force. Yeah. Like it's like, all tied to the mind and that's just the denotation of psychic. But I love that they're that they find so many ways to do yeah. that. I feel like this is the first one that really taps into a more mystic sense mm -hmm. of maybe mystic type would have been better than say magic type, but this is the first like yeah. more mystic Pokemon that we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna see more like often tapping into more, you know, problematically I guess you could say indigenous cultural designs like uh Cyglyph over in Gen five. Oh my. Is also a psychic one. Love that Pokemon. Very much Nazca lines inspired. Well, we will uh, we will discuss those problems <laughs> yeah. with our usual blunt alacrity. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing's worse when than we Jinx, get there. though. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, I love these designs. Ultimately, it's weird. Wow. It's weird for me to say because I've bet regular listeners would have expected me to have like a ton of hate for these bird boys, but I actually think it's a great design, and I'll be completely honest with you, I kind of wish there was a third stage, um, because it just feels like a, a third later stage. I think yeah. it's a I think it's a reasonable jump from Natu to Zatu, but Zatu still feels like 
in between. Yeah, it still feels like it's waiting to grow up into something because the lore mentions that hey, these birds inspired folklore of the South American region. Think it would be more more humanoid by then. Like a lot of the other ones huh. end up with four arms. You know, I, I was mean, thinking two of arms something. And two legs and. Yeah, I was thinking of something like a little bit more like Thunderbird or Quetzalcoatlie, um, mm. where well, you Quetzalcoatl's have... a lizard, so what's well, a, winged... a Thunderbird? No, Quetzal okay. uh, Quetzalcoatl is a uh, like flying lizard winged thing. It's very creepy looking oh, okay yeah. well yeah i was, yeah, so, I was thunderbird a, would be yeah but i was say. just thinking of like a third stage that comes closer to being like one of those third stage have it evolve at like level 50 or 60 but mm. like make it like you know this generation's uh dragon air mm -hmm. um yeah. where it has that like just shy of being a legendary you know what right. i mean like, yeah which is the kind legendary. of feeling you had with a dragon air because it was like so hard to get one of those mm -hmm. um but then again, they also made Natu kind of like another one of the Ratata of this generation, too. Yeah. Although, I remember this one is a little bit harder to find, because you have to get into a specific area of uh, the ruins of... Oh, what are those ruins called? But the ruins where you will encounter Unknown, hmm. which is another weird kind of mystic one that we'll get to soon enough. Yeah. So, any closing thoughts on uh, Natu and Zatu before we uh, move on to the uh, little sheep? little sheep family shiny's boring it's kind of just a faded version of itself and on a personal note uh, my brother ricky uh when he was but a small one would call me not to so naturally i was very excited when this pokemon hmm. came about because i was like oh my it's a pokemon with my not quite nickname <laughs> i don't think either of these pokemon were in detective pikachu were they probably not yeah, I was about to say, because that would have been very weird per my whole thing about not being able to picture them in 3D. It would have right. been interesting to see them depicted in 3D at that point. Yeah. But Again, like I say, I imagine them as wooden dolls. I don't think mm -hmm. that's what they would feel like, but I imagine them with that, like, how I picture them, they have that aesthetic already. Mm -hmm. So seeing them in 3D would be very odd. All right, so let's move on to an actual triad family. In realistic uh, 3D. So we have the electric sheep family, Mareep Flaffy, Flaffy. I've always said Flaffy. Yeah, I think the it's like a distorted Fluffy, so like uh, Flaffy. Yeah, the double A. It's like a ba. It's yeah. like Flaffy, probably. Yeah. Okay. That, that explains one of the questions I had for the panel. Yeah. Why the double A, yeah. double, double Well, F. the funny thing is, when I was looking at the notes, you made like two different ways of spelling it because yeah that double a double f is so weird yeah it's uh it just defies all sense of like what little rules and cohesion there is to spelling in the english language this defies it <laughs> um and then ampharos and mega ampharos but not counting the pichu addendum that we've already discussed this is our first electric triad family I don't think there's been a no. three-stage electric yeah. evolution uh, until yeah. now, until they added Yeah, Pichu. like, yeah. these, this family is the first, like, time electric has been introduced as a family in a three-part family. Yeah, so far it's all been, that up until this point, somewhere. the Pokedex, yeah. it's all duos, yeah. um, at most, if not single stages. Oh, yeah. Like, um, a I like the buzz was just one well, stage yeah. in general. Yeah, the Magnemite and Magneton, mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know what, I, overall, I think that, you know, we've talked to, the reason why we've kind of started mashing these together in season two of the podcast is because I think it's right up front, I want to say that I'm a fan of each of these individually, but then I'm also a fan of sort of the cohesion of how they evolve through the stages mm. and just sort of the little touches that make it clear that it's a family. But, you know, you see little details from Mareep, like the little yellow and black tail thing come back fully in Ampharos mm. in like a much more like bold definitive way where Ampharos is entirely yellow and is entirely a flying kangaroo 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that uh, these three look like basically a sheep that's getting shorn and also bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's another subtle thing that I mentioned I like in the notes, which is that you know, we associate wool with being the fabric that is most notorious for collecting a static charge. And here they are using that very reflectively in a typing for a Pokemon, mm. um, which I just think is great. And overall, they're adorable. Yeah. Well, and then uh, this is our second Pokemon, or Pokemon family rather, this week that has Western influence because the whole electric sheep thing is clearly a Philip K. Dick reference. Yeah. So since we have touched on Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, did you guys ever read the book? I did not. I did not. Um, Is it a book or a short story? I've never read it. It's a book. It's okay. a full oh. book. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. I think in in the book, they the book does like the whole mind-bendy thing that the original movie with, uh, with Harrison Ford did well enough that people can ask the question, was Harrison Ford actually a, a replicant himself? Hmm. But the book focused much more explicitly on that as a potential question with the narrator as him, like, questioning, wait, am I also? Um, and that informing the decisions he made as hmm. an investigator trying to capture other replicants. Hmm. Um, but the question I have for everybody is, and I love Blade Runner 2049. Let me get, just make that clear because people get really punchy if I try to question <laughs> this movie. People people defend this movie very uh, very passionately. It's a cold classic. Did Blade Runner 2049 need to be a Blade Runner sequel? Yes. Why? It, well, sequel, I don't know, but in that universe, yes. Like, Because there's too much that's playing with that it wouldn't be... Uh, like, people would say this is a Blade Runner ripoff. Like, it needs to be, like, that aesthetic mm-hmm. is just pure Blade Runner. True. Uh, like, uh, Gosling's character is explicitly a replicant, and the idea that here's a replicant who knows he's a replicant and he's hunting replicants... Mm adds a note of conflict to it, even more so than what... Uh, is it Deckard? I'm blanking on Harrison Ford's character. Yeah, Deckard. De- Rick Deckard, yeah. yeah. yeah more Deckard than Deckard didn't know. who doesn't know for sure what he is, to know that you are a replicant and your job is to hunt your own kind mm-hmm. adds an interesting political dimension to it as well. Like, the stuff with Deckard himself isn't as interesting, but it does... Uh, full spoilers here it does lead to that interesting scene with Rachel being brought back just as a temptation to him, which mm. is one of the few like really interesting and good uses of, we're going to bring back an old actor in their young form, as you remember them from this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's for him to explicitly reject that from CGI de-aging done right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's the point of it is the CGI de-aging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a very good premise, and I think the premise actually got weighted down by being put into that universe. Like, I think just the interesting premise of, like, this replicant hunting other replicants and, like, the question of trying to save this child and not knowing who the child actually is. Mm. I think that in itself is, like, a fine sci-fi premise. And if if I go through the beats of the movie with that core investigation without the other Deckard past thing... It just feels like they added that stuff on top. And I feel like you have a perfectly serviceable sci-fi movie without the Deckard mm. stuff. Like, as interesting as it mm. was. like, But I ju- it just felt like it clogged the movie up and kind of ruined the pacing for the third act. Oh, yeah. Movie. I think you could make that movie without Harrison Ford. Yeah. It's... Like, you can have it be Blade Runner, but it doesn't need to be... Yeah, it could still be yeah. in the universe. Mm. Just yeah. like, like Total Recall that didn't have to be a remake. Hmm. It could oh, have just one. been another story huh. in the Total Recall world, the uh, the the 2012 one. Yeah, the, the Colin the Farrell. Colin Farrell. Uh. Yeah, 
Um, it could have just been like I didn't. It's the same idea. I didn't think it had to be a remake. It could have just been in the world. Oh yeah, where <laughs> that existed. Because there's just with the, the the Blade Runner, there's so many stories you could tell within the parameters of that universe. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure he's not the only one having problems <laughs> with his yeah. existence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I with I'm with you that you didn't need to bring Deckard back, and I think there was a version of the script that didn't have him mm-hmm. because they weren't sure if Ford would sign on. Yeah, there's a part of me that wonders if it wasn't just like its own sci-fi premise, and then they said, you know what, since you're dealing with androids, right. we could make this a sequel to Blade Runner because we're doing so many huh. of those, like oh. 20 years later right. sequels. Oh, I think they just had a separate script. Yeah. I think Blade Runner, they've been trying to do something since like the 80s. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Philip K. Dick is one of those, uh, is one of those writers whose stories base themselves on a central question of humanity to mm-hmm. such an extent that like you don't really need a sequel because the point isn't the plot the point is the question that you walk away confused about yeah um and like if you try to make a sequel in order to answer that question you're missing the point did you ever watch the amazon miniseries that they did where it was like uh hour-long adaptations of philip k dick short stories yes. no i haven't yes that's good so yeah, i watched like what's the, first... the name of it uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Yeah. Ooh. I watched the first three, and I wasn't mm-hmm. as... I don't know. I have not read any Dick, I will admit, but I felt like the one, the uh, episodes themselves were a little obvious. Mm. Hmm. I yeah. mean, I feel like that's because... It's probably obvious because since his stuff has been around uh. for a while, a lot of people have probably you know, been inspired by those and then mm. use those same themes and ideas in, yeah. their, in their work. So then when you go back and you see the original stuff <laughs> portrayed, you're like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. because <laughs> yeah. everyone else has beat it to death by now. Yeah, I think my problem also is that they were trying to have their own Black Mirror. Right. But, yeah, yeah they didn't know how to balance the right. philosophical and exciting, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, Black Mirror, talk about a series that I feel like it's uh, it's so either extremely good or episodes are just like really <laughs> really long uh, and te- yeah. I yeah. couldn't get through the um the Bryce Dallas Howard one. I couldn't get through it. Which one was that? That was the one where she was constantly worried about being rated up, oh, yeah. up or down based on um, even just yeah. social interaction. That was the first Netflix one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't think I, I don't remember that. I feel like I may have like marathoned them and binged them over the yeah. holidays mm. or something that like that. That was the one that I just stopped it. I was like, it's uncomfortable. I just mm. don't like it. Yeah. Because w- you yeah. can see where it's headed. Like, it's just going to keep going down and down and down, and then something's going to happen. It was like, mm. I don't yeah, like, I, need this. This is stressful. I think you could have done that one with more satire to it. Yeah. Like, the premise was. The premise was kind of obvious but you could make it more interesting by being a little bit more ridiculous with it mm-hmm. yeah like yeah they're, they're literally rating her based on a conversation she had with someone like it was the mm. community meow meow beans episode but for an hour and also very done serious i mean i love that for once you're the one to breach the community reference before <laughs> i did but yeah. i do i was just thinking about that episode because of like jeff doing stand-up as his whole talent show thing in that episode to get his Meow Meow Beans <laughs> rating up. <laughs> and the fact that Joel McHale has a new comedy stand-up comedy special on, uh, I think, Amazon and or Netflix. Mm. But, um, but yeah, no, there's a point where he just absolutely makes fun of all the tropes of, like, a stand-up comic <laughs> doing their thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, 
the Meow Meow Beans episode of Community, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Black Mirror episode. Yeah. That one. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so Electric Sheep. Electric Sheep. Um, you know, this might... Uh, I'll I'll say that I really love this, but then the Mega Ampharos, uh, the addition of just... The fact that it's depicted, not just with, like, hair waving in the wind, God. but it's standing with its chin up. <laughs> it just looks like it belongs on, like, every grocery aisle romance novel. It is Fabio. <laughs> it is straight up the Fabio of Pokemon. Except it would electrocute that goose that flew into its face. <laughs> yeah. I love that, like... We were talked about last generation with Machoke and Machamp and how they're supposed to be the vain Pokemon, but <laughs> Ampharos just came in on fleek. <laughs> I mean, Ampharos isn't vain. It's just beautiful, and it knows it. Yeah, it's uh, just aware. I had an Ampharos in my Heart Gold team, and eventually I brought that team over to Pokemon X, which introduced the Mega Evolution concept. So I was able to Mega Evolve Ampharos against the Elite Four, making it Electric and Dragon. And just, it wrecked <laughs> shit, and it was beautiful. I was like, yes, go, my child. Have fun. But yeah, how do you feel about the hair, well, sir? He, uh, he reminds me of, um, like, the, the, those, like, the Japanese, like, mural drawings of, like, elemental creatures. Oh, and, like, ooh, of yeah. yokai, or? Of, of yokai, of just, like, like, the, the, um, fox demons and things like that. Okay, where I see it. It's, like, very, very swirly and flowy. Mm-hmm. At the same time. Yeah. You mentioned in the notes that it reminded you of the uh, creatures from the game Okami, which yeah. is one of the most underrated games of all so time. So beautiful. It's a gorgeous game. And talk about just playing with the concept of like having a gameplay mechanic that bleeds into the story itself, mm-hmm. where like your powers and the way you attack and fight is by freezing the game to paint things. Right. You are wow. yourself a <laughs> goddess of creation that painted the world into being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your powers are all paint-based. And it's just, yeah, it's just a gorgeous game, especially, huh. like, the fact that they created an engine where you can freeze the game, and the game goes into, like, a plain paper sort of black-and-white right. painting on ink on a paper look I for you to use your powers. it would have been, like, super specific to have released hardware for that. But if they had released, like, a PlayStation tablet... Oh, for you to be able to just do for Okami. It, just for Okami. Yeah, I'm sure they could have sold a special edition of that where it came with the tablet. Oh man, yeah. And and that's that's you drew you like <laughs> pause. All right. Let me just draw this thing out real quick cuz they have like they do it on um or I suppose they could have released a version of that for like the uh What's Wii U? The, yeah, the Wii U. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, it's the, available for the Switch, apparently, oh, so yeah. maybe Ooh. they might have added oh, some touchscreen capability. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Only one way to find out. Yeah. I um, One thing I would challenge is that I know that the creators of Little Big Planet have that next like exponentially expanded game coming mm-hmm. out, Dreams. Um, which is supposed to be like well beyond Little Big Planet's capabilities. Like they basically mm-hmm. said you can make a full fledged video game in it is what they're <laughs> promising want to see if somebody just remakes Okami in it. Or, like, <laughs> makes an Okami sequel, like, a proper Okami yeah, sequel. I mean, someone made Mario Maker in Little Big Planet. Like, straight up made a working Mario Maker with the Mario imagery and powers and everything somehow. God. Yeah. I saw I saw someone make uh, an entire, I think it was Pokemon Red, an entire Pokemon Red in Minecraft. That's crazy. <laughs> so they had to, I don't, they, like, figured out how to program on a cube level wow. with like all of the switches that do on and off and and just 
and then they built a giant Game Boy. I was just about to ask. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this, and it wasn't just the game itself. It was that it was on a yeah, Game Boy that a you actually play. it was on a giant Game Boy that you play, and the screen animates as you do things. It's, wow. Yeah. I mean, I hope that person has a job in programming and coding now. Recreating games. If not, yeah, now. I'm just looking forward to whatever games they wind up making in the future. Yeah. Recreating games in other games. I mean, oh, you all like... thought it was cool when Uncharted 4 had Crash Bandicoot in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I'm convinced that the next generation of great filmmakers are right now on YouTube just shit posting, making edits of steamed hams. <laughs> I mean, you saw, I, I think it was AV Club that shared this, but some guy on YouTube used deep fake technology, which controversial as that is mm-hmm. because of its like negative implications, but like somebody used of like crowdsourced available or publicly available deep fake technology to do a better job with the de-aging yeah. of the people in Irishman yeah. huh. uh, than the actual professional CGI company did. I mean, those the algorithms are just based on learning. So mm-hmm. the more you feed it... Uh, comparative images, the better it gets at it, which is better than what some like team of people could do on their own, hmm. trying to do it by hand, like, oh, yeah. scrubbing the lines and like making people look younger, running it through whatever filters they had. There was a Instagram uh, thing that someone did where they were like, do a better job uh, of Robert De Niro and the Irishman. Oh and, yeah, and and all of the they oh you know what they did they gave it to um, beauty influencers. Oh, <laughs> so people who do their own like filtering and oh, airbrushing and stuff that's on good. themselves mm-hmm. for their own pictures, uh, they were like, all right, d- do this t- here, do your own takes on these and see if you can do better. And a lot of those people did way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's always like, that's always amazing to me. I mean. The best example of that I really loved was Superman's mustache. <laughs> oh god. That and well I was thinking of Arrested Development season 4 where somebody actually recut Arrested Development season 4 into a normal chronological. Oh, well they order. did an official version of that and it was terrible. Yeah, it's like, funny. Season 4 needed to be that weird structure because it's the only way most of the jokes work. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um but I feel like I read somewhere, well, the person who made it originally had to take it down. But by all reports, the original recut of the fan recut of season four was very good. Hmm. The company, Netflix, made them take it down and then did their own recut eventually, which wasn't as good. So they <laughs> must have done something differently than the fan did. Huh. Um, but the fan apparently like managed to recut it in such a way that it felt like every other season of Arrested Development, from what I read. Huh. Um, but yeah, so... I my overall thoughts on these guys. One interesting thing is that I think this is the most drastic color palette shift that we see in a family of Pokemon from blue from primarily blue to pink to yellow. Yeah. Like we don't huh. normally see those kinds of jumps. Yeah, that's true. And yet it yeah. works. And yeah, it absolutely does because I feel like each one manages to keep some kind of DNA of like a past one. The so Totodial, the Bulbasaur, yeah. the Charmander. Yeah. They're all and they're all usually starters too that are really three family yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah the three family and like wild pokemon is mm-hmm. a very rare thing so it's interesting to me that like well in this gen there's only six total uh three stage families mm-hmm. half of those being the starters mm-hmm. mm. yeah and i mean last generation i think most of the three stage families were bugs also mm-hmm. so we had like uh. so we had one bird that was a three stager the three starters uh we had two bugs a dragon we had two different grass types. Yeah. 
That's um, true. I think basically every, I think every type. Oh, uh, rock and ground got mm -hmm. one. Uh, fine got one. Psychic got one. Ghost got one. Uh, I think every type except for electric had a three-stage family in the first gen. Yeah, and I mean even now that we've gone through all of them, I can't think of any that had so drastic a color imagery shift as, you know, little blue sheep covered in fur to pink standing ram with just like a fluffy fur neck ruff. Yeah, I wouldn't call it. I think it's more gassy. of a shorn sheep than a ram. A ram would have giant horns. Well, it's just oh, that he's yeah. also bigger and more beefcake, yeah. too. What do you um, think about Ghastly Gengar, then? Ooh, well, I mean, at least the color palette state remains yeah. relatively consistent. Like, like it's purples. still black and purples. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the form definitely changes relatively drastically yeah. from being, ball like... Ball to triangle to humanoid. Yeah. It's just like well, a ball. Yeah. I think it's the idea of it's taking a bigger form as yeah. it goes from being, like, kind yeah. of a will-o'-the-wisp Wisp to uh, just uh, like a half uh, human specter kind of like. level four free floating. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and then it has a full humanoid appearance afterwards. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so but I mean, I and I think that that's interesting that like, you know, once you get to the weirder, further out version that has no fur with mm -hmm. Umpharos, where it's just like straight up kangaroo boy, <laughs> its color palette then calls back to elements of Mareep. Which it is definitely, a cool loop. It definitely has the same jump as uh, Dratini. Because mm. Dratini oh, God, and yeah. Dragonair look I, the same. They're it's logical. True. And then it jumps to Dragonite. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one's absurd. Which is the same. It's the same as this one. Yeah. yeah. It jumps yeah. to this, like, smooth, yellowish mm -hmm. form. <laughs> smooth. <laughs> That's a good yeah. word for it. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I like these guys. Oh, yeah. Is there um, a Dragonite Mega? Or did they not? Ever? Uh, do they mega I any of Gen think... One? Oh yeah, they mega a bunch, yeah. but I don't think there is. There's no Mega Dragonite, I don't believe. I'm doing a quick Google on this. Nope, hmm. I don't see one. Hmm. Yeah. People, of course, have fan art right. online. Shout out to all you guys who have it. Uh, mega it, Dragonite. Yeah, it's the same. It seems like the same uh, structure then. Yeah. It's like two, two similar character, two similar evolutions, and then this jump to this. All, like big form. Yeah, although I feel like there's more common elements between Mareep and Ampharos than Dratini and Dragonite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, they keep the ears, and they keep some color consistency with the tails. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I you know I've expressed my love for these sheep. Do you guys have any closing thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, in the games, Ampharos does play a key role because in Gen Two, there's an Ampharos at the top of the Olivine City Lighthouse. And it's sick. So the gym leader, Jasmine, is taking care of it, and she won't battle anyone, namely you, until someone, namely you, uh, brings some medicine for it. So you have to go to another part of the map, get the medicine. And I like that that's a rare in-game example of how these Pokemon would be used in the They're real world. they using it to power the lighthouse? Not even power. Or it just, just is the light, the light source? Yeah, oh, it's okay. the bulb in the lighthouse, basically. <laughs> yeah. I Which mean, makes total on... sense with... Cause it's a being of pure light, it looks yeah. like, with that yellow. I mean, I think it was in Mon's World for the Pikachu episode that I speculated that in real-world Brooklyn, if we had Pikachu, they would be used as a power source to yeah. like both curtail rat <laughs> infestation in early Brooklyn, New York in the 19th century, but also a source of clean yeah. energy. Uh, um, also on the shiny front, by the way. Would they be, oh, oh, sorry, you first. You uh, first. Would they be running on conductive treadmills, or would they just <laughs> be standing there? 
<laughs> I think it would just be, yeah, you just put them in a cage. They'd have like two, oh, in the cage, yeah. and the cage would be... And the cage up. is the conductant, yeah. so like the ground is all metal, right. and they're in just like a metal cage, and just mm. living their yeah. life, shocking things, and then the cage just picks up the energy of like several thousand Pikachu it's like the day. that old sports center commercial where it turned out that sports center was powered by lance armstrong on a bike <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i do remember in the show there was that one episode where i forgot what i remember they were in like a power outage situation and they said oh we have a backup generator that's pikachu powered and it was like <laughs> six pikachu all holding bars <laughs> running on a treadmill <laughs> <laughs> which didn't make any sense because it's like wait is it the treadmill that's powering a turbine but they're also shocking they a both, generator yeah. yes yeah. yeah. Uh, so on the shiny front, two out of three of these are awesome. Uh, we have a little pink sheep from a reap. Like, its wool becomes uh, like pinkish purple. It's great. Uh, Flaffy's is pretty boring. It's like pretty much the same color, but the tail bulb uh, turns green. I think it was. Uh, and Ampharos is regal as hell with a kind of laker purple. Oh, yeah. They all sort of day the same color then they all are sort of the same color then like overall they have that theme running through them yeah then with the, yeah it with looks the, like a more like natural purple yeah it really looks like a more natural line Evolution, than yeah. the base form which you don't see every day interesting yeah. all right so moving on to another addenda to a previously established line from gen one we are going to talk about blossom which is a straight grass type yeah uh mine be alec in the house <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because this is a straight grass type to sort of the alternative grass poison type. So when we talked about the Oddish line uh, back in Gen 1, we were talking about it as kind of an interesting parallel, sort of like the poor man's version of the Bulbasaur line from Gen 1, um, where you had a three-stage grass Pokemon that mm. could eventually Three-stage grass poison, namely. There you go. Yeah. So you had that sort of like alternate if you decided, like me and having your Pokemon blue that you wanted to get a Charmander, mm -hmm. you could still get that grass poison type to fill out your lines. Um, and I was not the biggest fan of Vileplume, so I was glad when they gave you another alternate third stage with a uh, just straight-up pretty grass type, because this thing's just adorable. Yeah. Uh, touching on the fact that it is a expansion on a previous evolutionary family, uh, I like one. This is our first time seeing outside of the Eevee family a alternate evolution path. Mm -hmm. And also, what's fascinating to me is that it's pure grass. Like, it loses the poison subtyping, uh, which, yeah, I don't think we've seen that before where it evolves to lose a type without, say, gaining another type. Yeah, it's weird to me that they went this path because it causes so many weird, like, sort of cascading consequences which is that Vileplume already took a Leaf Stone to evolve into. Um, so they had to create a whole new stone, the Sunstone. Not, maybe yeah. not just for this, but they mm -hmm. had to find a way to, how do we evolve into Blossom if we already needed a stone to evolve into Vileplume well, in the first place? To be fair, like with all of these cross-gen evolutions, they've come up with reasons why you couldn't get it before. Whether mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, we, hadn't, we didn't have eggs in the previous mm -hmm. generation, so that's why the babies are here now. Mm -hmm. Or... Well, happiness wasn't a thing before, so now that's how you get a goal bat. Yeah. In Gen 1, Pokemon was just a brave new world. Everybody was just taking their pills and just very <laughs> flat. Um, no, so I'm, But I mean, like, still, because they had the Leaf Stone already established, they had to create, like, a Sunstone, mm. which is an alternative to a Leaf Stone that causes its own light-type evolution, which I thought was kind of weird, all things considered, that We've touched on this already. There is still no light type per se because a sunstone automatically seems to imply that. Um, well, I'm going to disagree with you mm -hmm. in that I think it's more like 
it's I don't know, a stone that is harnessing the power of the sun because mm. the other one in this gen that it evolves is Sunflora. Uh, well, sun kern into a sunflora, so it turns a seed into a full sunflower. All right, so what is the leafstone harvesting the power of? <sighs> Just grass. Chlorophyll. Yeah, plants. let's say so chlorophyll. Then, so then, yeah. by your logic, then there should be a ground stone. Just a rock. Yeah, well, just by your logic, rock though. At your by your logic, well, though, if there's a sunstone. <laughs> throw it at your ride on. <laughs> throw it right at <laughs> By your logic, though, if there's a sunstone, there should be a moonstone. Oh, wait. There was in Gen 1 already. Oh, touche. Consider myself consider myself properly served. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I still just think that there's so much already in place that it's not so much that I want a light type. It's more just that there's so much groundwork already laid where it's just like, you might as well, you think know? All the angel Pokemon that are going to come out of that, though. God, yeah. I mean... So when we talk about light type, what are we talking about as a qual? Like, tell me, both of you, since you both had this idea, what would be the characteristics of light type? I mean, I'm going anointed by our Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> That's some Digimon shit, and you know it. Yeah. Just one of them's just a cross. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it evolves into that. It starts off as like a little plank, and then... It's I mean, start, it starts out well. There's a cross, but then there's a baby form that's a splinter. Yeah, and and the light version of Eevee in that case would then be Crucion, <laughs> which is just an Eevee with a huge cross on its back. <laughs> it's got one of those sad stories, like uh, like Marowak wearing the skull of its oh. dead mom. Oh my god! It 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 it, it committed some sort of crime. So as tribulation, it. It, it wears this cross on its back to atone for its sins. And maybe like Snorlax gets a, spe a mega evolution that is toting the cross. Right, yeah. Um, uh, and it attacks with it. Was that also Robert De Niro in The Mission? <laughs> no. Who I was in The Mission? Oh, I like that there's a The Mission reference, though. Uh, who is Pokemon Barabbas for this analogy? Right. I mean, Pokemon Barabbas has to be like a dark. So I feel like there should be like a like a light and dark evolution oh, of Snorlax be, uh, because what's of this. The monkey that's always stealing the purple one with the with the hand. It was in Detective Pikachu. Oh, Apom, yeah, yeah. Apom is Barabbas. That would be Barabbas. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Because he's the thief that they they decide to let go. Pontius Pika. <laughs> but I just with I just think it opens up the possibility of like let's have like yeah, Raichu no, so, yeah, evolve into like a light or dark. Oh, Robert in the mission. Yeah, ah, okay. he yeah. Uh, he's like a former um, like. Priest? Conquistador oh, okay. or something like that. And he's atoning and he's just like carrying this bag of like stolen goods behind him <laughs> through the whole movie. Huh. And it's just like dragging him down and he keeps like dropping it and falling while they're going through the through the woods mm -hmm. or through the jungle and, and stuff like that. And they're like, just leave it. He's like, No, I gotta do this. Hmm. He's like I mean, yeah. continuing along this thematic line, I wanna point out that it was Michael Darling's note that the sunstone possibly purified Blossom. So there we go. Blossom right. is an anointed being. I just meant go. purified like in the sense of like purified water. Uh, but that is what irony yeah, is, my the, friend. Uh, you spoke truth without knowing. God damn it. The life straw of stone. Yeah. Just purified. <laughs> yeah, but no, seriously, what would be the characteristics of a light type Pokemon? I'm generally curious Wings. about this. I'm sorry. I just want to <laughs> yeah. I just want to share one thing that I'm okay. surprised you with your better pun intended mind yeah. haven't come up with. If you have a light type like what we're describing, you can have a Popemon of a Pokemon. <laughs> hey! It's got a big dumb hat. It starts. <laughs> I'm just picturing a Natu with the Pope hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's it. That's it's that's its third stage. You figured it out. That's the that's <laughs> they do like a Roman region. Yeah, <laughs> Roman region. So like you have the Natu start off with a little Pope hat and he evolves <laughs> into eventually being Popemon. <laughs> The Roma region. There you go. There you go. Into like Bishop is its middle form. <laughs> oh man, there's so many people that are worried for our souls listening right now. <laughs> yep. It's <laughs> it's a short trip to hell for all three of us. Yeah. So anyhow, seriously though, what would be the characteristics of a light type? Because I like this idea, but I want to know more about where your heads are with it. Lots of yellow <laughs> in the character design. I mean, what yellow let's say, and white? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's like? Give me like moves like what would be a light type move because like do you mean like light like literally like say uh ampharos or uh lantern or are we talking more heavenly yeah so i'm thinking like i'm gonna go with the D D route and say that it is celestial energy yeah. or okay. radiant energy where it's yeah. like it's not necessarily a burning force it is just itself like a sort of purifying force that is automatically strong against dark and weak to dark. So like it's one of those type type dualities where like strong and strong and weak to the thing that it's mainly opposed to, but then um, has an immunity to fairy because it's like, hey, fairy's just kind of like the little brother to it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm picturing. So like it has moves that can potentially uh, confound or freeze. So, like, inducing, like... Petrify. Yeah, so petrification... Paralysis, as we normally call it in the game. Yeah. There we go. There you go. That's better. Yeah. Depends on yeah. the RPG world we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you have, like, moves that can freeze, moves that can confuse, and moves that just kind of, like, burn away. So, picture, huh. like, a hyper beam, but with, like... Yeah. Interesting. A little bit more of a religious implication. <laughs> would you make hyper beam... <laughs> would you keep hyper beam a normal move or a light type move? No, I think you'd create like your own beam, just okay. like your psi beam and hyper beam right. and all that stuff. All right. you, yeah, uh... I'm looking at the dark moves right now. They have dark pulse and dark void and like... So, yeah, yeah you can have some sort of light-based okay. thing. I feel like fairy was supposed to fill that void, but as more of like a not... Without the religious implications. Yeah. It and I feel more, like it maybe was more more like supernatural. Yeah. And maybe rather yeah. than making it so much direct attacking, make it a little bit more of a tactical type, where like maybe it places, maybe it has moves like trap moves, like light at the end of the tunnel, it can, or some kind of version it can of that. Buff other Pokemon that are on the bench. Yeah. So you bring hmm. them out to buff, and then have yeah. to send them back. Yeah. So like it can lay things that'll weaken buff, other then, types. Yeah. Huh. Such a strong buff, but then you like lose a turn. Interesting. Okay. Or two. Like. Huh. I just I just had an idea for the light at the end of the tunnel move. Like, yeah. what if that was a move that you that like when your Pokemon plays it at the end of five turns, whatever Pokemon your op- opponent has out uh-huh. will automatically faint. <laughs> okay, so, so like, it's like a total table. Uh, so you can do like a table setting move and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Again, remember these are games for children at its heart. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Like, how complex is this crap Arrowhead already? Wears like, the skull of its dead mother. <laughs> like, what if it? Like, I mean, Magic: The Gathering is a game for children, but mm. I mean, this is not any more complex. But like, you could have like, you could have it be rather than making it necessarily an active attacking type. What if it's a type that focuses entirely on strategy? Interesting. Heals. Yeah. You could heal Pokemon on your bench. Yeah. Maybe oh, it can lay some of those revive. moves. So, yeah. Yeah. But like, it can do most of those like environmental moves, kind of like uh, you know. AOE stuff. Yeah, AOE stuff that either weakens the other bench's Pokemon as they continue to come out, or strengthens and buffs your team that follows it. Um, With some attacking, but... Do they have, like, a field effect? Yeah, uh, like, I'm blanking on... There are a few of these where it might be, like, electric terrain, which suddenly boosts the power of electric attacks. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and some things like uh, some do they have like an abil- Do do certain Pokemon in these newer generations have an ability that affects the field? Yeah, like Electric Terrain, I think is the is name that, of a move that's that, a, that's yeah. a castable. That's yeah, it's either like a move a or a it's either a move or an ability. Oh, so yeah, yeah like, and there are other moves that'll continue yeah. to attack oh, for a okay, certain number yeah. of turns. Yeah, okay. yeah. like. So I'm taking direct yeah. inspiration from mechanics right. that already mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. But maybe it doesn't necessarily attack. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it weakens like clouds or clouds yeah. with beams coming yeah. out of mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, you like, constantly have light shining on your opponent Pokemon, so it's blinded and its accuracy is yeah. way down for the next ten yeah. turns. Um I kept finding some fairy type on Langham Lord was in Pokemon so- uh, Shield, uh, that kept using an attack that just uh, will heal a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But when you're facing one in the wild <laughs> Right. The only other Pokemon is your own. Right. So here I am whittling down this other Pokemon's health, and it's like, here, let me heal you. And I'm like, okay, fine. This is fine by me. You can. <laughs> I'm about to enslave you, but you can just keep healing me. Well, there you go. I mean, you go. Michael Darling, you eventually sounds like you're pretty sold on light being a type with its own uh, abilities that... I'm saying that these abilities already exist in the form of fairy. <laughs> well... We'd make we'd build it out into like a much more okay. much more uh, salvationary type to you know tell <laughs> the tell the tell the people tell the kids about Popemon. <laughs> Pokemon number one thousand one, folks. You heard it here. Popemon. Pokemon. Spread the message. <laughs> have yeah. you heard the good news about the Popemon? Have you yeah. heard the good word about Arceus? Yeah, you have Abaton, Bishopmon, and then Popemon. <laughs> well, Bish Hope, I think, is the pun there. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, I don't know what. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. I mean, overall, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about Blossom other than like its weird quirks of its introduction imply, which is that it gets simplified down to grass rather than, which you don't really see again, darling. You pointed that out. Yeah. Um, you don't see a Pokemon lose a secondary typing. Yeah. Like you see it like maybe this. change a secondary typing, but for it to go from two types to one mm-hmm. is incredibly rare. Yeah. And I just think this is a very pretty Pokemon, which yeah. is great because it matches the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, one of the funniest things to me is that it's clearly based on a hula dancer because everything about this Pokemon is that it dances. It's well-known for dancing. People love watching it dance. But it did not show up in either of the Sun Moon games, hmm. which is hilarious because like, you'd think, huh, we have a hula dancer Pokemon. We have a Hawaiian-inspired region. <laughs> and you literally didn't need to do anything to make it a lowland variant. No, like, it's it already, already is a lowland. Yeah. So it's not in that Pokedex. It's not in that game. However, there is a piece of art in a shop that has a Blossom dancing next to a hula girl. And it's <laughs> like, but, but how did you miss this? Yeah. They knew, as Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight said. They knew, and they let it happen. I'm going to insert that soundbite just because that is my favorite instance of overacting in the past 10 years. Um, bless I Mark Ruffalo. No Dead Cops was 12 years ago, so... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very careful about that. <laughs> no more dead cops. No more dead cops. Yes! Uh, I'll put that one in over my actual imitation. Uh, Sorry, we have a Michael and I have an ongoing thing about like our favorite line reads. This is definitely not going to be on air. <laughs> no, this is going to be on air. Okay. <laughs> um, and no more dead cops from The Dark Knight is one of our favorites because it's an otherwise perfect movie. But then that one cop who just shouts it out like that is just way too much. Which does make it perfect because that's exactly what you'd expect a Gotham cop to just yell out at, in the middle of nowhere. Touche. Yeah. And you already have uh, goons being hit by no one and flaying, like falling <laughs> over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
God, yeah. That, the Dark Knight Rises was really bad about the fight choreography in Oof, that. There's point. Yeah. There are multiple points where you see goons just like flip away when Batman's right. nowhere <laughs> near them. Uh. Um, but anyway, uh, closing thoughts on Blossom. Um, we move on. Uh, just one thought on the shiny, which is that it's bluish purple body with like slightly different colored leaves. Hmm. So yeah, not bad. Not great, but not bad. Well, speaking to a po- speaking to Pokemon with little bluish bodies, Meryl and Azumarill, uh, pair of water mice, but they eventually became water fairy types, mm-hmm. which seems like an interesting retroactive addition yeah. in terms of of all the Pokemon you're going to add a fairy type onto later on in the game. Well, it makes sense since they are very similar to the Jigglypuff line, mm. which also gained a fairy typing. So yeah, I mean, I mentioned so I. I'm a fan, I've brought this up plenty of times, but I'm a fan of, like, a mouse for every type. And I wish they kind of stuck to that a little bit more. Like, yeah, we kind like, of have a fire mouse. I feel like they were starting to do that, and then they dropped that to just do a, we're going to have an electric rodent in every generation. Which is getting really tiresome at this point, because they have, like, the plus and the positive and negative Pikachu uh, mice now yeah. at this point. Minun, Minun, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. well, that was Gen three. Like the ones since have gotten a little better because they at least like add a secondary typing to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I just really wanted. Li- I just really wanted to eventually see a dragon type mouse, like <laughs> a dragon mouse. That was my major wish with like this whole type is just because dragon is such an interesting type to try to add to certain concepts. It's like let's see what a dragon mouse fucking looks like. <laughs> um, but these guys, you know what? All things considered, they are what they are. I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, the main thing I said was that, like, I don't really know how else you design a water mouse except to make it look like a living water balloon. Yeah. Because otherwise, the only other option I could think of is to, like, just have a perpetually soaking wet-looking <laughs> rat, <laughs> which is just not Pokemon. That's more Lovecraftian nightmare yeah. fuel. God. That's yeah, literally like... an enemy in Bloodborne, actually, now that I think of it. Ugh. It's just, like, a perpetually soaking wet gigantic rat. It's like wet koalas. <laughs> yeah. Those are unsettling. Oh, also terrifying. Um, poor koalas, which because Aye. of the Australian wildfires may have gone extinct. Um, sorry to be a downer <laughs> on this lighthearted Pokemon podcast, but we're discussing animals mm. in the ecosystem, and that is a part of it, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I suppose you could have just taken the color scheme for Meryl and just stretched it out into a more rat-appropriate shape yeah. with, yeah. like, puffy cheeks. Oh. Well, it's funny because we have a lot of mice, Yeah. but Raichu is the only explicit rat. Oh, um, Rattata and Raticate. Well, okay. But, I mean, it's the, Rattata is the field mouse Pokemon. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Despite having rat in its name. I know, but it is noted subtype. As I said before, the, like, Pokedex typing makes no sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, okay, so we have two rats. Yeah. Um, which is surprising to me. Like, yeah. we go to... But, I mean, how many more mice are there? So, if we even cutting Rattata out, you've got, like, all the Pikachus, like... I feel like we have more rats coming up, but there's... Uh, it's gonna be a while. Like, we already have multiple mice Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one of the other things I point out is that I'm kind of surprised that they added the fairy typing onto this particular mouse and didn't just create a fairy mouse. Mm. Like... How hard would that have been, considering how easy it apparently is to make a water balloon rat? Right. Well, Dededen, uh, uh, which is the electric rodent of Gen 6, is electric fairy. That's a hamster. Hmm. A hamster that looks very Pikachu-y. Because they all have to look Pikachu-y? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Demaru, not so much, but... I mean, the other thing I want to... The other thing that 
the fairy typing does kind of hold consistent with is the fact that I've noticed that most fairy types, as they evolve, kind of follow that template of being balloon-shaped in stage one and then going to being, like, a stretched-out, more ovaline sort of, like... Uh, I'd say that for the retroactive fairies that we have hmm. seen so far, when we get to Gen 6 and they're introducing, like, here is a Pokemon that is a fairy type, then we're going to see more variety. Once fairy type has become established. Yeah, its own type. but the ones that they've slapped fairy onto are definitely more, like, cute and kind of... Yeah. Like, balloony. Like, I even throw, like... Uh, Mr. Mime is a half-fairy type, and that's kind of balloony in a way. Touche. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I mean, mean, just going from yeah, Clefairy right. to yeah. Jigglypuff and now this, yeah. it starts out very round and then just gets yeah. bigger ovaline shape. Yeah. Which ultimately feels kind of boring to me, and I kind that's kind of why I wish this didn't have fairy type tacked onto it, so it wasn't like a third in that kind of like templated, easy-to-copy-paste mm. type of like, how do we evolve a fairy? Especially since this out. one is also evolving into a rabbit, basically. Just mm -hmm. like with Jigglypuff Wigglytuff. Yeah. I mean, Clefable at least kind of avoids that by having, like, being able to keep its butt off the ground when it's walking <laughs> around normally. But that's a very small achievement, all yeah. things considered. Clefable looks like they're still playing with that fairy idea that is also, like, maybe it's from outer space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing with this, why it wouldn't be a soaking wet rat, hmm. is that Meryl was clearly designed to be kind of the mascot for Gen 2. Hmm. Like, the Pikachu equivalent to a degree. Like, not the full-blown electric uh, rodent thing that we've talked about already, but... Yeah. They tried to manufacture the lightning in a bottle yeah. that was P that was Pikachu, yeah. and they just... I mean, this is the second time we've seen this, where they tried to do it with Pichu, who we discussed last episode. Like, let's try to make another cuter Pikachu that we can sell merchandise of. Mm. And now they're trying to do it with, okay, in case Pichu doesn't catch on, let's do it with the blue fairy mouse. No such luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting thing about Meryl is that it was, like, the subject of intense speculation when, uh, it, was, when it first came out, or before it came out, rather. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk about Pika Blue. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, prior to the release of Gen 2, when images of Meryl first appeared online, fans called it Pika Blue, and there was rumors about how you could get Pika Blue in the original games. Like, hmm. uh, there were lots of them. The one I love particularly is you have to trade Pikachu seven times between the games and then evolve it with a Water Stone, and then it turns into Pika Blue. Hmm. Yeah, obviously none of these worked, but the wild thing is that uh, Meryl shows up in that little uh, like Pikachu vacation short that was in front of the first Pokemon movie. And as such, Tops produced a bunch of trading cards about the movie. Like, not the trading card game, but just regular old trading cards that showed stills from the movie. And so, because Meryl didn't have an official English name yet, I think, mm -hmm. Tops just printed Pink and Pika Blue to describe Meryl. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, Pika Blue made it onto official merch despite never being the official name. Hmm. I, used to, I used to play the actual card game. Uh, and Borders... Uh, rest in peace, Borders. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Borders used to have weekend events huh. where you could get your parents to drive you there. Of course. And play the Pokemon card game against other people, and you accumulated stamps in a little stamp book. Oh yeah, because they had uh, the official league for yeah, the card yeah. game. I was. I had a card. I was in that. Uh, you could accumulate these stamps, and every every set of stamps you would get either a TM. 
Or once you got enough, you filled it up, you could get badges. And I filled up enough of one page to get a Boulder badge. Hmm. They were doing the Indigo League. Um, I don't don't remember what the TMs were, though. I think they were just like little cards that said... I don't think they were actual cards. Like Hmm. I don't think they 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 were were TM cards that you could play. I think they were just like, this is a fun thing. (laughs) Here you go. That's fine. Yeah, I miss yeah. Borders. There yeah. was a, I mean, it was, it's interesting that like Borders forced Barnes and Noble or didn't force, but like yeah. caused Barnes and Noble to have that more like, okay, we're not just a bookstore anymore. We also sell movies and music as well. Yeah. yeah. Games um, and comic books. Yeah. 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 They, uh, so, uh, but we found because you had to fill so many point things <laughs> on there. Um, to get and, one and badge. To get, yeah. And to, to you had to be like, all right, we played a game. He won. We played a game. It's like to to the judges that had to be there. Hmm. Um, uh, I'm imagining they were, because it is a Wizards of the Coast game. I'm imagining they were like uh, magic judges who were like, <laughs> well, if you want to complete your, with judges in training, they're like, if you want to complete your certification, you have to do this many days of Pokemon judging. <laughs> But uh, we came up with this method, which was you literally just used your strongest card, and you were like, "Okay, let's see who goes first. And you, uh, whoever goes first, is probably gonna win because uh, no energy, like none of that. You're just like strongest attack, strongest card. <laughs> whoever and the judges did not care. Whoever can go first, like basically wins. And People were like, "Oh, I'm using my Charizard. I'm using my big, my big attack." And mine was Mr. Mime. Oh yes, because it was like any attack over 40 damage. Look, doesn't yeah, it was like work. 30 HP. Oh, wow. But then if you yeah. anything that was like 20, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. anything. Oh, anything that would potentially be lethal didn't <laughs> didn't affect him. So there somehow, so like I'm thinking, oh, there was good. somehow that sweet spot. You needed to have a card that could do 35 damage, right. so less than what it could mm, block, but right. above its HP. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's what we would do is we would flip the coin and whoever won and we're like all right we finished this game <laughs> give me my points oh that's fine perfect that's way got, to game the system yeah that's how I got that's my older badge <laughs> I'm just imagining someone who did that somehow makes it because I assume there was like a national maybe international competition yeah I mean I only went a couple of the yeah. we- I only went like maybe two or three of the weekends I think <laughs> huh. but it was probably a lot longer than that yeah um. Kudos to my parents for be willing to drive me like, you know, half an hour or wow. more to the nearest borders yep. in hmm. rural Michigan. Hmm. Yeah, you only really appreciate your parents like when you're at our age and right. just like and you like, realize oh, how yeah. tired you are after like yeah. a work week. Uh, <laughs> uh, my mom told me at one point that um, my dad had to wait in the parking lot of Toys R Us for them to open to get the color Game Boy. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. No, I've told the story before. For like, Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've told the story before that we went to get the Mew uh, that was available for red, blue, and yellow. At Toys R Us? Uh, well, it was at the Santa Monica Place oh, okay. Mall. But yeah. still, it was like, you know, yeah, it was yeah. an event thing. Right. And so we went with Mom, and my brother and I, we get there, we see how busy it is, how crazy it is, how long we'd have to wait, and we look at Mom, and we look at each other, and we look back at her, and we're like, we don't have to stay. It's okay. We can go. <laughs> Reasonable <Aww>. children. 
Did you stay or did you go? Oh, uh, no, we left, but then she stopped at Toys R Us on the way and got us trading card game booster packs Aww, because, you know, you we go. were good boys who right. did not waste her Considerate weekend. Considerate boys. Michael Darling has always been the very best boy. <laughs> uh, shout out to Mama Baloo. I have never been the very best boy, but <laughs> bless her heart. Um, yeah, but, yeah uh, so that yeah. The, the Mew, event Mew being yeah. in the game also led to all of these... As just like the peekaboo trying to get the Meryl oh, in yeah. the game led to all these crazy things. Oh, yeah. So and I like, wanted to talk about that. Uh, so there was peekaboo and Mew 3 and right. other crazy things. So what was your favorite, not just Pokemon, but like video game, TV, movie, playground rumor that you heard that was undisputed playground fact that was clearly not true? Like my favorite is that if you beat... Uh, Mortal Kombat in some way that probably involved like it was always something ridiculous like you have to do it a hundred times mm-hmm. and you can't use continues or something ridiculous mm-hmm, right. like that. Oh, yeah, then the you would how unlock... to unlock reptile in Mortal Kombat Two. There was also oh, a similar thing but... for how to unlock Akuma in Street Fighter Two, I think, mm-hmm. or Street Fighter Two Turbo. Yeah. Well, but these were complete lies as opposed to like Akuma and reptile showing up eventually if you did the right. Oh thing no, those were but those were complete. Lies. Oh, those are oh, yeah. okay. Both of those were complete lies. One yeah. of them was based uh, on an April Fool's joke, and the other one was just a completely unsub- unsubstantiated yeah. rumor. Okay. But uh, I was going to say my favorite was if you beat Mortal Kombat X number of times without continues, then the Street Fighter cast would be unlocked. <laughs> Which, knowing how copyright works now... Right. You realize just how outlandish that is. Yeah. My but favorite, my favorite on one that I thought was playground bullshit because I'd lived through the Akuma and the Mortal Kombat reptile rumors at that point was the Mega Man X Hadouken rumor. Oh, yeah. Which turned out to be true, because I remember playing Mega Man X as a little kid, and I thought I had just demolished that game and 100%ed it. Like, I'd found all the weapons, I'd found all the heart tanks, everything, everything, everything. But then it turns out that you could find, after you found everything else, you could find the Hadouken as well. Or the sure, you can also, I think both of them, right? I think it depends on which, so Mega Man X, I think it might have been the Hadouken, and I think Mega Man X2 was the Shoryuken. Okay. I think it was different for each version. Huh. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing that and just thinking it was complete bullshit. But nope, it was totally a Capcom <laughs> Easter egg. So funny. I used to think that the, the Mew in red blue and i guess yellow i i don't really think about it because they they made yellow like sometime after yeah mm-hmm. um so they could have added things to that whenever they wanted to i think about red and blue being like if if it's not in here then it's not mm-hmm. uh the the original like you said you go to the event, you get the Mew. There was also people said, "Oh, you do this and you do that, and you can get a, you can like cheat getting a Mew in the game," which I kept thinking was bullshit. But I checked, and it was actually one of those like missing number style things yeah. where you fly here, you do this, you go that, you talk to this person, hmm. and then eventually it attacks you, yeah, like somewhere. Um, the original rumor for that was the truck. There oh yeah, the truck. Tru- we've talked oh, about yeah. the truck. The, truck the unused it. asset, yeah. the fact that it's the only truck in the entire game. Right. And if you moved it, the Mew was underneath. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that I think in both of the remakes that done the first generation, if you surf out to where the truck is and use, or maybe use strength or just uh, click, basically, mm-hmm. there's a small item that's not incredibly meaningful, but it is clearly a reference to the rumor. To the fact, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was looking that up on the way here, and they someone actually wrote like a basically a virus for 
the game that will make that achievable. Huh. They made this like this hmm. little code hack that you you attach it, you basically you upload it to the game and it rewrites all of your save games to make it possible within those save games to then go and move the truck eh. and have there be a Mew underneath. That's interesting. Fine. I mean, the first generation of Pokemon came at a very interesting time and when the internet was just right. taking hold, like yeah. game facts had become a thing and all mm-hmm. that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, and so it was a very interesting... the same to this day. And people <laughs> yeah. were dissecting, game facts, game, yeah. like taking games apart and looking into yeah. the coding and stuff like that. Right. So it was an in- and the mew thing was very interesting because the developers had intentionally left open ram space for pokemon to later be added mm-hmm. and so that was where mew could have fit so yeah. there was the proper breadcrumb trail for why like this would well, possibly get and i think run i've read with. that nintendo did not know that mew was on there when uh, the game was first released yeah so the thing is is that mew technically wasn't well I think, yeah, it is on there because you can glitch it into existence, yeah, but they'd specifically... Right. But, like, that's why things like uh, Missing Number would happen, was yeah, because... Oh, no, I'm saying, like, Nintendo, the publisher, did not know that yeah. Game Freak had put this extra Pokemon on there for future mm-hmm. whatever they had planned. All right. Well, yeah. speaking of extra Pokemon, do we have any closing thoughts on uh, our little Water Fairy Boys before we move on to our closing trio of segments? Jeremy? Uh, no. No. Uh, just want to give the shinies because the shinies are mm-hmm. great. Meryl's a sea green, uh, and Azumaru is gold. Uh, yeah, and they basically knew that since this Pokemon was going to be the face of Gen 2, they should give it some good shinies. All oh, right. um, actually, uh, when the rumors about Pika Blue in the game were out, I actually had a dream, like, <laughs> one time as a kid. I had a dream that it was, I just saw Poke Blue. A, P- a Peekaboo just wander, Meryl, just wandering around out in a field of grass by my house. And I was like, oh, Pokemon are real. And I was like, woke up. And I was like, oh, nope, the world sucks. <laughs> All right, well, I'll tell you what world wouldn't suck. It's a world with actual Pokemon in it. So welcome to Mon's world. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. This is my so this is the section where we talk about the Pokemon today and what do we think they'd be doing if they existed in our actual real world. Um, you know, I think the water rats would actually make great pets to start us off. The weird thing I have is sheep, you know, being raised for livestock. If you had these electric sheep, the thing that becomes a liability to me is that they must attract lightning like crazy. So how do you properly and safely store them like in a barn when they're just going to get the barn burned down by lightning hmm. every other week? Well, I guess the question is, are you raising them as sheep or are you raising them for power? Oh, good point. Hmm. Maybe they're powering yeah, your farm. If maybe you're they... raising them for power, then maybe you don't care. Maybe like you're yeah. keeping them in a place that would take the lightning strikes. Yeah, I'm was just, there anything in the lore about yeah. how soft their wool is, Darn? Um, I don't recall seeing anything. I am wondering now, like, would my wool be electrically charged? Does it, my wool sweater? Does it glow if I ambiently? A... Like, does it glow on its own? That would be pretty cool. That would be fun. separate from them? Or does it only glow because it's, like, completing a circuit? <laughs> Did you guys yeah. see what John Hamm wore to the Oscars last night? <laughs> just literally a, sh- a sheen silver suit. <laughs> Wow. And it is gorgeous. Um, I will put it in the show notes, folks. Um, but that's what I'd imagine anything made from Mareep wool would look like. Um, Mareep's uh, wool is described as fluffy. I like fluffy. So it's like a shape. Little, 
it's just, just a regular. Yeah. Nothing yeah. specific. Yeah. 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 Make one of those little uh, those little onesie blankets. You know. I wonder if then it's like super conductive. Yeah. So if it's super conductive, it might have other uses in so tech. Maybe it's like a basis of fiber optics and things well, like that. Well, this yeah. is what it says uh, in the Pokemon Go Pokedex, because that's what I'm looking at. Uh, Mareep's fluffy coat of wool rubs together and builds a static charge. The more static electricity is charged, the more brightly the light bulb at the tip of its tail glows. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my speculation about the Pokemon I could picture yeah. in this world. How about you, gentlemen? Um, no, I mean, as I said, Mareep's sweaters. I don't mm. know... If the sweaters will conduct electricity, we'll find out. Maybe they'll get recalled because people keep getting shocked wearing them. <laughs> uh, but Easter would totally be about getting a visit from the Easter Azumarill. Because mm. it's already a rabbit and it's already egg-shaped. And it's already associated with the uh, resurrection being a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a light type, I keep telling you. And uh, I suppose Chansey would probably help him out with yeah. the eggs. Yeah, there you go. Just keeping eggs in his pouch. <laughs> uh, do they ever explain like whether those eggs are future chances or if that's just a part of its body that looks like an egg i think you can eat the egg yeah like it produces eggs that are then edible for oh, you okay yeah so yeah. it's a egg producing mammal i mean these i mean all, all these... egg producing mammals yeah. apparently yeah. which is very weird <laughs> so apparently like that's the other thing we talked about last episode is the fact that apparently all pokemon are reptilian or bird oh <laughs> Technically, if they're all producing yeah, eggs. Right. I mean, that does help us determine what's a Pokemon versus what's not. Because if it looks like a dog, but it doesn't produce eggs, there then it's go. not a Pokemon. Yeah. It's just a regular dog. Yeah. <laughs> Setting aside the it can breathe fire. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like they would be more pervasive into, into like you were saying with Easter, I think they, they would be more pervasive into our culture then. Like we mm. saw in Detective Pikachu, like advertising <clears throat> and songs yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that would all be Pokemon based. Just uh, imagining Ash Ketchum sing, singing, I saw mommy sing, uh, kissing Santa Claus and it's <laughs> Mr. Mime. With a, it's her Mr. Mime with a wig. Yeah. With a, you know, yep. I mean, I feel Santa like, hat and beard. Yeah, maybe not too because if it's like prophetic abilities and ability to see the future would either be used as like the logo for an insurance company yeah. or like oh, an e-trade company tarot readings oh of course yeah <laughs> just like every single psychic palm reader has right. a natu in her yeah exactly yeah um but okay since we're done with mon's yeah. world uh let's move on to mon mods so this is the section where we take uh, any of the Pokemon or the families that we've talked about today, and we propose one change, uh, whether it's a design change, a typing change, an addition to the line, but something we think would improve the Pokemon. Um, so I can start us off, because I was kind of like in a debating mode, and I mentioned both of these changes already, where I originally wanted to create go the dream sheep route where it's like hmm. you know you count sheep to go to bed like oh, let's that's make good. That's let's good. make a dream psychic version of Mareep, but that technically counts as creating an all new line and i don't want to get rid of the existing electric line i love the electric line so since i don't feel like that qualifies as a mod per se this week i'm actually just going to go with let me get my third stage of the zatu line um, and let me get that more folkloric bird. Um, and that's all I'd want. It's very simple. And even, and I, I think I even said in the notes, like, let's make it like r- harder to evolve. Like you not, like you need a stone and you need it to be level 60 or something. Oh, like okay. That. Um, put a good, like basically make it like a living legendary. 
Um, but yeah, that's my t- that's my thing. Um, Mr. Darling, what have you got? Um, yeah, uh, I talked about Blossom being weird and how it loses a type. So I feel like it needs a secondary type, but I don't know what. Hmm. My first thought was Fairy, but that would make it weak to the rest of the family because Fairy is weak to Poison. Um, yeah, so I don't know about that. I have to think about that still. But regardless, Ampharos was supposed to originally be Electric Slash Dragon, and then they finally corrected that by hmm. giving it the Dragon typing with the Mega Evolution. Yeah. So I'd make regular Ampharos Electric Dragon. You know, the weird thing about the lore that I forgot to bring it up in the Ampharos section, but they do me- they mention that the reason the Mega Evolution gets Dragon typing is that it had Dragon draconic ancestry in its blood that has now reawakened with the mega evolution so what's weird is is that this is one of the rare times that we actually have darwinian evolution referenced in the pokemon universe in addition to pokemon evolution which is like oh so there is dna that Mm. is like passed down from the pokemon and they have evolved the same way we conceptualize creatures in our world evolving um we talked about this on the kabutops episode last time last year where uh, i speculated that kabutops looks like a prehistoric ancestor of scyther mm-hmm. um and i think same that would be arm blades yeah. yeah yeah same height same structure and everything yeah. but uh i think it would be interesting if we got like a pokemon a jurassic pokemon version that had like prehistoric ancestors of mm-hmm. all the pokemon we know like as dinosaurs and i mean at that point it's just basically monster hunter but <laughs> um an undiscovered island maybe with like that's been untouched that, so like, you know, Professor Oak, now that it's ten generations on, he's become wealthy and right. he's opened this <laughs> island with yeah, all these prehistoric Pokemon yeah. that uh, he's it. resurrected. Yeah. Uh, it's a, we did see, or we have seen, uh, other examples of that. Like, I want to say Magikarp. I could be wrong, but I feel like Magikarp or another somewhat useless Pokemon has Pokedex entries about, like, how in prehistoric times it was massive and mighty mm-hmm. and could do incredible things, but now it's just this. Yeah. It's just gotten lazy. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, what would you change today, though? Not sure specifically. I mean, I guess maybe. Yeah, I don't know. If oh, I it's really... tough. Today's a pretty good. Yeah. Today's a pretty good batch they're of Pokemon. Solid, yeah, they're yeah. all pretty straightforward. Doesn't even yeah. have to be anything fancy. You could change a color. You could change. Yeah. yeah, I guess maybe the pink. There you go. Yeah. The pink of the what? The pink in uh, Fluffy. Oh, okay. Would you have it be yellow or? Um. Well, I mean, the other one starts off blue and then the pink just seems like an odd jump i don't know yeah. I feel like green would make more sense because that's following the color wheel huh. blue green yellow yeah. yeah yeah i suppose like a pale one though not like a bright yeah yeah like a pastel yeah like a mint green yeah mm. or a spearmint green yeah i yeah. suppose mint green would kind of be that midpoint between blue and yellow mm-hmm. yeah well, all right well cool. well that brings us to my to our final and my favorite section <laughs> Mon appetit. Maybe you'd like my personal recommendation. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I'm going to keep it simple. I feel like there are certain meals that you just always remember. Like if somebody asks you about a certain dish, you know when you're, the best steak you've ever had in your life was. You know, and I know when the best lamb shank I ever had in my mm-hmm. life was. And that was uh, when I went to Washington, D.C. two years ago. Uh, shout out to friend and uh, fan of the show, Natalie Shama. Um, I, we had the most amazing lamb shank on our second mm. night in DC, and it is still to this day the best lamb I've ever had in my life. Um, so I would just absolutely want to just roast up some Reap uh, Syrian style. 
and have it served with a nice garlic mash and uh, you know maybe some other uh, maybe some other metza. So going with that Middle Eastern style preparation of cool. the lamb. Cool, Jeremy, what do you got? Um, I was thinking that uh, the natus look pretty good. Huh. Hmm. Little small round. Like Ooh. how big are they? Are we thinking? Are they how like a basketball? Let's see. I want to say that Ooh. the natu starts out. A foot tall, if I remember okay. correctly. They yeah, are like as a... small as they look. And then Zatu, I think, gets a, quite a bit bigger. Yeah, it's not even a foot tall. This is the yeah, first time so something like around is... around a basketball. It's actually smaller than a Caterpie, because a Caterpie is definitively over a foot tall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, standing or... Uh, I think length. Lang- lang- yeah. Oh, length. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And then Zatu probably... is five feet tall. Yeah. So it wow, is that's quite a, a jump. jump. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think you could put a bunch of those on, like, a big skewer. Just Ooh. line them up. I like that. It's like a natu kebab. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. I like that. Line idea. them up on there. Yeah, that would actually be really good. Rotisserie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. Mm. I think that's uh, I think that's how rotisserie chicken's done yeah. in the Pokemon <laughs> universe. It's not chicken. It's, it's a bunch natu. of natus. Yeah. <laughs> and they're already, Pidgeys like... Because probably carry disease. Yeah. They're already, like, that... that that correct size without having to like pump them full of things yeah. to get them to be just all meat yeah. on legs. Yeah, they're a great little round. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, feel like the wings are pretty useless in terms yeah. of eating. Well, I mean, they're 50% skull, 50% breast. Is yeah. What it is. So you're <laughs> only getting white meat. <laughs> it's like, I wonder, well, I wonder, because you know, like, how much of them is, have, you know how some people do the, the like cross sections oh, of yeah. things mm-hmm. to show you what they look like on the inside? Um, have You look at some animals when they've been shaved and they're real <laughs> tiny. Oh, I have that every single time. I so people who follow me on Twitter or on Instagram will know that I post a lot of pictures of my dog. She is a very fluffy fuzzy thing, yeah. but every time I see her like if it rains and I have oh, to take her out yeah. for a walk, it is just the most terrifying little yeah. rat that I'm seeing just like <laughs> have, you ever, have you seen a, a raccoon without hair? Oh, oh no. my god, yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare. Bears without hair Bears also. Bears without hair is really yeah. funny looking. There's a there was god, a great post so recently weird. of somebody actually like lifting up an owl's yeah. plumage to show just how long their legs right. are. Yeah. And so but <laughs> they makes hoot hoot make sense. They're long mm-hmm. and skinny. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking on the on the natu that mm-hmm. maybe it's just like mostly meat hmm. yeah with a small skull just where the beak and the eyes are hmm. and it's just a big meatball yeah and now that i think about it maybe i went the wrong way with like assuming that most of that meat would be breast meat i'm actually thinking most of it would be thigh meat because yeah. it can't really oh, yeah. fly so yeah. i'm thinking most of that maybe like under the plumage just like a solid thigh just two oh wow big oh. thighs but what an existential crisis Ooh. that would be for Natu in the universe to, like, be able to see the future and know, oh, I'm going to end up on, like, a rotisserie spit. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know if Natu can. Zatu can. Oh, true. Yeah. True. That's why you got to uh, get well, them before they can see the future. What's funny is that I think one of the Pokedex entries said something about, like, it can see the future and it mo- it stays still in the hopes that the future will not come true. Mm. Which is hilarious, but also really works to your implication of... They see the future, and their future is being eaten. Yeah, there's that great Hannibal Burris bit about like, what do you think chickens' life plans are? Like, <laughs> step one, gonna go to college, get my degree. Step two, gonna get out of this dumbass town. It's like, no chicken ever says like, oh, I'm gonna be like ten chicken nuggets that some drunk person drops on the right. ground someday. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But uh, Mr. Darling, what are you eating to bring yeah. us home? Well, I don't want to take your same idea, but lamb is literally my favorite meat mm. so yeah i'm eating some reap and one of my favorite sandwiches in la 
is the wonderful French dip, lamb French dip namely, at Kohl's. Uh, so yeah, let's just have a nice Marie French dip that's been seasoned with garlic and rosemary and stuff like that. Cup mm. of cup of Marie au jus next to it. Like, yeah, that's a that's a meal right that there. That sounds incredible. I'm looking at the natu, and those wings are actually probably a decent size. Those are some nuggets right there. Yeah, oh. like if he's like eight, so he's like eight feet, eight inches tall. Like maybe this much leg. That wing buffalo is natu like, wings. I'm just, yeah, that I wing think my is one like question. I feel like those yeah. actually and look it's like a big round one. Well, my too. question is just like how much is bone and how much is feather on and that? And do we well, think it has it, like the normal wing structure? Like, do we think that with those think tiny it, wings it just has the drumlets? I don't maybe? think it does. Ooh, it might yeah. just be the drumlet. Ooh. I think it doesn't have the normal structure because it can't fly. It is just a nub, sure. basically. It can't fly, so it's yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. nub. Just, Probably just I mean, the nub. drumlets are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Like one of my favorite hot wing places in LA allows you to pay an extra buck fifty on your wings just order for just drumlet. for the drumlets, uh, so that you don't mm. have to do like the split apart thing. Right. I'm a lazy man. Yeah. I, tr- I I eat like a feudal king sometimes when I go out, so I just <laughs> demand only the drumlets. Hey, you have places to be, and you don't have time to break <laughs> open some wings. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. All right. Well, that brings us home for the week. Uh, so, Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah. You are a lot of fun. Hopefully, you can come back sometime. But uh, in the meantime, where can people find you? Um, I do some shows at the Pack Theater. Um, on Santa Monica in the complex. Uh, I art direct two shows there. Neat. And I write on a internet-themed variety show called Shitpost. It's uh, first Saturdays uh, at midnight. Um, and then I direct, I art direct um, Wizarding World, uh, which is a wizard-themed talk show, hmm. also at PAC, Ooh. that is um, canonically against Harry Potter. <laughs> Canonically uh, against. Oh, yeah. that's good. Within the within the canon of the show and its characters, they hate Harry Potter and, <laughs> and J.K. Rowling. Um, and uh, also a relatively new show. It was an old show in another city when the original person um, was doing it, uh, Samantha Jane. Um, she brought it back when she started doing more stuff out here. Um, it's called the Gens Booty Earthquake Show, and Ooh. it is a um, – she plays a character called Gen, Gen. who's a Slovenian pop star. <laughs> uh, and they sing and have uh, musical guests and backup dancers, and it's <laughs> a lot of fun. I like it. Yeah. And then uh website is jwvisual.com. And that's where we can see the Wiggly Tough and yeah, everything? Yeah, you can see the Wiggly Tough, the nice. Trifloon, um, stuff from Scud – uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, etc. Very cool. Lots of very stuff cool. on there. Uh, physical, digital, special effects, makeup, etc. Cool. It is a very cool-looking website. I'll say right out the gate, and there is a picture of Jeremy in a pirate hat. That's me. Not the hat. That's my. That's my. Gra- uh, how old was I? I was grade maybe second grade when I got that hat. It's a goofy Pirates of the Caribbean hat. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Baloo, what are you up to? I'm going to plug it one last time. Uh, my latest novel, The Spectacular Seraphim versus the Fame Monster, is available in Kindle and paperback on Amazon.com, as well as my other three novels I wrote prior to that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Y underscore Baloo. That's W-H-Y underscore Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-O, same for Instagram. Um, and I have other stuff coming out that you can keep up with on optionalirony.com. Michael? 
Yeah, I'm working on fact-checking a special section about women's sports for the LA Times. Uh, that should be dropping sometime in March, so it might already be out by the time this drops. We'll mm -hmm. see. All right. You can find I've, me uh, on Instagram at LA Nonconfidential and Twitter Future Hasman. I've uh, I've also done a lot of background work over the past three or four years, so you may see me in television shows, <laughs> uh, including Birds of Prey that just came out. Oh, cool! I don't know if I made it in, but you might see me making uh cranes out of the same paper napkin for three days of shooting hmm. uh next to harley quinn uh while she's at the bar talking to black canary oh i Hopefully saw it there. last night yeah as of time of recording i really had fun with it yeah um i thought it was exactly what a harley quinn movie should be mm -hmm. um and you know i'm thinking of the scene and she's she's at the bar she's talking to black <clears throat> canary about how she recently broke up with joker and she's super hammered right and she's super hammered yeah. and this dude this bald dude uh clocks her saying that hmm. he's like oh yeah okay and i'm talking to him they made oh me his and then friend. he takes her out yeah yeah huh. they made me his friend Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a, that's a busy scene because it's like a bar scene, so I'm trying to think back. I'll yeah. keep an eye out for it, I'd folks. be on the right side of the screen. Yeah. 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 So when yeah. I go see it, I'll definitely make sure and try that scene to definitely happens. illegally sneak so. a screen grab. <laughs> so, yeah, so you may be – so, yeah, I can yeah. picture the scene that you're talking about yeah. specifically. Um, guys, it was a really fun movie. It's exactly what a Harley Quinn movie should be. And, like, you know, the major problem with, like, a lot of the other DC movies that people have had problems with – it doesn't take itself too seriously in all the right ways. Good. Um, which is exactly what a Harley Quinn movie should be. Um, mm. It's actually a better Deadpool movie than Deadpool 2, in my opinion. <laughs> huh. There you go. Nice. There you go. Um, but that's, uh, I think that's yeah. one of the last opinions that we have to share for the week. So, again, Jeremy, thank you so much. Yep. Um, Michael, thank you once again for journeying down another episode of uh, Pokemon Lore with me. I mean, it's literally what I do for this podcast. Hey, <laughs> yeah. you do it well. Uh, once again, I am Yanata Blue. Shout out to Bong Jong Hu. Thanks for being here. Hello. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six form part. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leoshi because she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go and even in my dreams. I can scheme a way to make her mine because I know she's living fat. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball, so how am I going to compete with that? Because when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be with and in some cases never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather jocks get the fly girls and me, I get the hood rats. I Tell them scat, skittles, kebab, got hit with a body, but in a hospital for talking that mess. I confess it's a shame when you living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody.